Welcome to The Porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics, by examining the Word of God, and especially the Book of Acts Church, to see how the early church served the Lord. Porch Online Bible Study was created so that we could take a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God and regain the world-shaking influence that they had. Our desire has always been to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the power, the influence, the miracles, everything that they had and did. If you know that there's more to your spiritual walk than what you've been told and what you've been shown, you're welcome to join us on this journey. Because this is about the kingdom. This is about regaining that influence shaking the world one last time before the return of the king. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button, or you can write us directly at the porch, lowercase, one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, and there are ways to do so, on the bottom of the homepage for Firefall Talk Radio, there are two different ways to do it. If you have any other questions, you can reach out to us. And we will let you know. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe to us there and on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so that you can know when a new Bible study has gone up, a new interview. We're also on YouTube under the Firefall Network. We put up a new video recently. Larry Barrett from the Barrett Store, quick little insight that he shares with us. Now, we we just want to spread the word, set the captives free, and do what the Lord needs us to do during these times. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the porch. If you need prayer, you need anything, you reach out to us and let us know. Now, Father, we come to you in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. You are Abba, Papa, Daddy. And we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. And we thank you for what you will do in the days ahead. You are our only hope. We have no hope in man. We have no hope in fallen world systems. Our only hope is in you. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for heeding the call. And doing what the Father asked. To come set us free. To redeem us. By your blood. By your stripes we are healed. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. The upper room. The Holy Spirit which you sent back from the presence of the Father. To walk with us and teach us and encourage us. Now Holy Spirit. This is your time. You do what you want. Say what you want. I pray that you'd reach out and touch the children of God. Give them insight. Give them revelation. Give them healing. Whatever they need in this hour, meet them at their need. We pray over the technology, over our homes, our families, our furry kids, some of you call them pets, our possessions and everything that you've given us. Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your word go forth in Yeshua's name. And if you agree with me, just say 
Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. All right, so make sure your Bibles are open. Starting out, red letter basics, John sixteen thirty three. The Lord says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Through him we have perfect peace. In the world we're going to have tribulation, we're going to have distress, and we're going to have sufferings. But we are to be courageous, to be confident, to be undaunted, to be filled with joy and be filled with the Spirit, because he has overcome the world. The conquest is accomplished, his victory is abiding. The God of this world has been defeated. Unfortunately, he has not submitted. He's like a terrorist, and he still needs to be subjected. But we walk in victory, but we live in a fallen world. So last week we talked about overcoming the world. Well, now we're going to talk about overcoming the flesh, and then next week we'll talk about overcoming the devil. To do that, we're going to have to talk about a subject that's not very popular. It's called sin. According to the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, sin are actions by which humans rebel against God, miss his purpose for their life, and surrender to the power of evil than the power of God. If you surrender to this world, if you surrender to your flesh, it's called sin. If you know to do right, James says, and you don't do right, it's sin. We as believers know what to do, the Word has told us. Now, not your interpretation of the Word, not your opinion of the Word. The Word is the Word. Romans 12, starting verse 1. A lot of scripture tonight. Make sure your Bibles are open. Make sure you're following along. Make sure you download these and listen to them later so that you can make notes for any of the scriptures you missed. Folks, let, let me say this again. This is important. Where we are in history and the prophetic timeline, this is important. Please take it seriously. Everything we see in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is going away in the world with it. But we endure. We shine. We do what the Lord needs us to do before he cracks that sky and comes to get us. I beseech you, therefore, Paul says, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good 
an acceptable and perfect will of God. Being conformed to the world, the aeon, the age, the era, the times, it affects, it fashions, and it transforms our flesh. We're either going to be transformed by the Lord or we're going to be transformed by the world. That word transformed, metamorpho, transfigured by a supernatural change done by a spiritual renewing of your mind and spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. You hear that? Don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How does it get renewed? By spending time in the presence of the Lord, by listening to praise and worship, by reading your word, by praying. You can't renew yourself except by those ways. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not learned so in Messiah. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Yeshua, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. You must put it on. You must choose and want to have it. That was Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Ephesians 4, 18 really nails this aspect of the world and the flesh. Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, estranged, self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to be insensitiveness, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature. Sin is universal. We all sin. We all came to him as sinners. And although we know from Genesis and the garden how sin came about, we don't know the origin of it because God is not the creator of sin. Satan introduced it to Eve when he beguiled her, but doesn't mean he created it either. Maybe it began in the throne room when he rebelled. But guess what? Sin's origin can be found in humanity's rebellious nature. Since Adam and Eve rebelled against the clear command of God, sin has infected humanity like a, a poison, a dread malignancy, a poison from the serpent's bite. There's only one antidote, the blood of Jesus. Our sinful nature, it's, it's what we're born in. It's called iniquity. That's how 
in Psalm 51.5 says, I was, a, I was born in iniquity. Sinful nature, it's inherited, it's passed on. It's part of our programming. It's also a choice. We choose to sin. If it's not a choice and something else is controlling you beyond that, then we need to talk about deliverance. Humanity inherits its sinful nature, and we're responsible for our sin, our choices. Choose. Ephesians 4, starting verse 22. Strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous mission of life and becomes corrupt through the lust and desires that spring from delusion. Yeah, we were deluded. I can say that. The choices I made, walking out on my family, all the other things I did in rebellion against God, I was deluded. I thought it was okay. If it feels good, do it. Can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Isn't that what the song said? Yeah, that's not how it works. That's not God's best for us. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. When God formed Adam from the clay of the ground, which is where we get Adam, Adama, when he formed him from the clay of the ground and he breathed into him, he was created in God's image. And from Adam downward, we are created in the image of God. But unfortunately, we have to be redeemed. So it shouldn't be a surprise because the Lord warned us of what, what we're talking about right now. Being in the world and not of the world. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. John 15, verses 18 and 19. Why do we expect the world to like us? Why do we even think they're going to consider us? They don't. They may tolerate us. They may put up with us, but they hate us. That's why he sent the promise of the Holy Spirit further down, verse 26. But when the Helper, the Paracletos, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, emanates from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. When he prayed to the Father in John 17, He covers this. He covers this aspect of the world, us being in the world and its influence upon us. Starting verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. 
your word is truth. There we go, sanctification. Everything we've talked about the previous couple of weeks, about the fruit of the Spirit, about overcoming the world, sanctification, purification. Most people would rather just hide. I'm going to go hide. I'm going to, I'm just going to go somewhere and I'm not going to deal with the world. Well, how are you going to get anybody saved, healed, and delivered? How are you going to be a witness if you're hiding? This isn't witness protection. Being a believer in Yeshua is not the witness protection program. You have to get out there and do something about it. Lay your hands on the sick so they recover. Set the captives free. Live out Luke 4.18. The Holy Spirit was sent to complete several purposes among both the church and the world. See, for the world, it's about pointing out sin. And giving people the opportunity to understand the truth. That's why you can't hide. That's why you can't keep it to yourself. Well, you know, Richard, this this is just a... A private thing. Yeah, that's the excuse many abominations, I mean denominations use to keep from having to tell anybody about the Lord. It wasn't a secret when he hung on the cross. Nothing private about them, that. He was naked. There was no diaper on him. There was no nothing. That was part of the humiliation of the crucifixion. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. The Lord says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For I do, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, here we go, he will convict, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment because of the rule, the ruler of this world, Hasatan, the fallen, the kingdom of darkness, they have been judged. And now we just wait for the final sentencing. But we're all sinners. That's where we all start. Romans 5, starting verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Messiah died for us, much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were, when we were enemies, we will reconcile to God through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, through whom we have now received reconciliation. If you've not spent time with the Father, if you've not experienced the Father, then you need to figure out why. Because you've been given access to the throne. You've been allowed access to your Abba Father. You need to go like a child. Boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy. Crying out, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. But understand where you came from. 
See, we used to be under the law, the law of sin and death. And the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose was to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We fall short of his glory. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Messiah Yeshua when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Yeshua as the sacrifice for sin. Your debt's been paid, folks, by his blood. People are made right with God when they believe that Yeshua sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Yeshua. I know that's a very uncomfortable thing for some people. Oh, a loving God wouldn't send people to hell? Well, he doesn't. They send themselves. They make a choice where they're going to spend eternity. He created a standard by which acceptance comes. And that's through his son. Now, the word sin appears in a singular form in the Bible. It signifies the sin nature of humanity, iniquity, which is inbred sin. And that sin nature, which everybody possesses before salvation, influences us to sin. And its source is lust. And it negatively affects people's minds. That's why we have to overcome the flesh We're living in a time, if you want to know where we are, read Romans 1. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, but consider him worth knowing as their creator, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are improper and repulsive. He doesn't make them do it. They want it, they can have it. And the sin nature is responsible for blinding people's thoughts and understanding so they can't perceive spiritual things. You see, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14 If you wonder why people don't get it, they can't. Their, eye, their eyes are blinded. Their minds are blinded by the gods of the God of this world. God's plural. Folks, Satan's not the only danger. We'll talk about that more next week. But everybody fixates on Satan. There's a whole lot more danger out there beside him. And they're all working together to destroy us. But this sin nature, this... Inability to do right, Paul says in Romans 7, 
verses 15 through 17, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with that the law is good. So I am not the one doing it. It's sin living in me that does it. Now that doesn't excuse you, but it means the impulses and the choices are coming from something deeper inside. Born-again believers belong to the Lord, which means there's no sin passed down to us. Unbelievers, Gentiles, are still of Adam. And sin and death came through Adam's transgression. And without the Lord, without him doing what we need done, what we need him to do, we have no hope. I, I don't know how that couldn't move somebody emotionally. I don't I don't understand how knowing that he paid the price for us, knowing that with his blood and, and the pain and the cross He became sin for us so that we could be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. For He, meaning God, made Him, Yeshua, who know no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now, I know why people don't want to talk about sin. It makes them uncomfortable. They want to hear the good stuff. They want to hear about the blessings. They want to hear prosperity. Well, you know what? You need to prosper as your soul prospers. And that's not going to happen if your life is out of order. And he made, and you he made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others were in Ephesians 2 right now. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Messiah. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding richness of his grace in his kindness towards us in Messiah Yeshua. For by grace, through faith, you have been saved. And not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. That we should walk 
in them. That word lust means strong desires. It, it pertains to sensual cravings. The natural human desires for fame, for power and riches, which we see in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh. See how all these lessons are tying together? See how the Lord's building towards something? I saw it today. I mean, I know he does that. And I know how really good he is at what he does. I began to see why he had me teaching what he had me teaching and where he's going. Because in the days ahead, with the depravity in the world, with the debauchery and the sin, the in-your-face sin, the in-your-face rebellion against God and against the Lord, we're going to have to stand strong. And that's not going to happen casually and easily. It's going to take some effort. Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These things of the flesh, overcoming them, this battle, immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, hatred, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, divisions, that's what dissensions are. That party spirit, you know, building factions of opinions and heresies, which the church is guilty of. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. We've been warned. You practice those things, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. So what do you do? You're living in a fallen world that promotes all these things. That says they're okay. Well, if we live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. It's got to be a conscious effort on our parts to seek Him out to seek his guidance, to seek his direction, to to ask him to listen and obey. Our flesh and our spirit are in a fight. And to overcome the flesh, then the stronger part of you needs to be the spirit. Whichever part of you you feed, whichever part of you you increase through activity, exercise, if you will, will be the stronger one. You're not going to overcome your flesh if that's the one you're feeding. Romans 8, verses 6 through 9. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Messiah, he is not his. The world can't do what we're talking about tonight. Oh, they, they may use self-control to stop certain things for a period of time, but they can't completely undo it. Secular programs can't undo it. You want to go to counseling, that's all fine and good. And for some people, that they need that. They need to speak it out loud. They need to bring things out into the light. I was up sharing with my cousin today. Hey, cuz, don't want to embarrass you. Giving a shout out. That's all counseling is. When I counsel someone, I get them to talk. And the more they talk, the more they hear themselves. And the more they hear themselves, they come to their own conclusions. I just try to steer them in the direction that they need to go to see the truth. Because you can't make people see things. You you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And if you ever tried to do that, and I actually did when I used to go to a ranch camp and we'd, we'd ride horses all summer, you can't make a drink if it doesn't want to. And that horse is pretty strong. So if you let your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death an eternity without God. But letting the Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Messiah living in them, they don't belong to Him at all. You know, we talked about this last week, and if you look at the writings of the apostles, if you look at Paul and Peter, James and John, If you look at the message, everything was from the inside out. Everything was about us changing from the inside to influence the outside and then use that to change others, thereby changing the world. The Holy Spirit in us is what allows us to do that. You have to have that and you must be born again. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. You see the message here from Romans to Galatians, said all of this is about changing our sin nature, overcoming the flesh. The world is influencing our flesh to rebel against God. We have to overcome our flesh to overcome the world. That sinful nature wants to do evil. It wants to rebel. 
which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with one another. They're in a death match, if, if you will. So that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Your good intentions. Your your old nature is a zombie that wants to be fed. It wants to come back to life, and you need to keep it dead. Don't feed it. We need the desire of the spirit. We need to push back on the things of the flesh. Because this battle, until we get our glorified bodies is going to go on. The Holy Spirit and our flesh are diametrically opposed to one another. They're like two magnets. They repel. And they are evidenced by our works and the fruit. The fruit of the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 through 23, the flesh and the spirit. No one living the sort of life, the fruit of the flesh, inherits the kingdom of God. But then we add verse 22 and 23 to that, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of those things fight against the fruit of the flesh. And there is no law against those things. The law does not apply to those things. The law cannot change you. Only the Holy Spirit can. So what do we do? How do we overcome this flesh? Well, it starts with overcoming the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What that means is if you love the world, you don't love Dad. You can't love both. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Everything the world offers you its a bad deal. Because when you love the world and what it gives you, and you don't have the love of the Father, you don't want to please Him. So when I first got saved in October of 1988, I, I just didn't want to do those things anymore. The desire was gone. If you're still struggling with an old part of your nature, it means you've not submitted to the Spirit. You've not given up complete control. Because once you do, you don't want to do those things anymore. The craving for physical pleasure. Craving for everything we see. The pride in our achievements and our possessions. That's not from Abba. That's not from the Father. It's from the world. And that's why it's filling the churches to defile them, to defile the body, to, to make people confused, tormented, ineffective, 
for this world, it's, it, it's going away. It's fading right before our eyes. And everything people crave. But when you please God, anyone who pleases God will live forever. That's the conflict. That's this fierce fight within us. The two natures are our flesh nature and our spiritual nature. Which takes us back to Romans 7. Now, please just listen to the words. Close your eyes if you have to. And let the Spirit speak to you. Let Him show you whatever He wants to show you right now. Just relax and let it happen. For I do not understand my own actions. I'm baffled and bewildered by them. I do not practice what I want to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate and yielding to my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity. But if I habitually do what I do not want to do, that means I agree with the law, confessing that it is good, it is morally excellent. So now, if that is the case, it's no longer I who do it, the disobedient thing which I despise, but the sin nature which lives in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh, my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity. For the willingness to do good is present in me, but the doing of good is not. But if the good that I want to do, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want, if I'm doing the very thing I do not want to do, I am no longer the one doing it but the sin nature which lives in me. That means your old you is still alive. So, I find it to be the law of in my inner self that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully delight in the law of, Paul, the law of God, Paul says, in my inner self with my new nature, but I see a different law and rule of action in the members of my body in its appetites and desires, waging war against the law of my mind and subduing me and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within my members. Now listen to what Paul's about to say here. This is Paul towards the end of his life. His ministry is almost, almost over. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death, I thank God through Jesus the Messiah, our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Sin is an infection. It's invasive. And it, it, it affects the whole person. It affects our interactions in this physical world with one another. And yes, we're born again. But we're always in this battle. A.W. Tozer says, Sin has many manifestations, but its essence is one. A moral being, created to worship before the throne of God, sits on the throne of his own selfhood, from that elevated, and from that elevated position declares, I am. 
That is sin in its concentrated essence. Yet because it's natural, it appears to be good. In Acts 2.37, they said, What shall we do? Is the deep heart cry of every man who suddenly realizes he's a usurper and sits on a stolen throne. You can't sit on your own throne. You need to let him sit on his. If you're led by the Spirit, then you'll do what is right by choice, freely, and not by compulsion, not by fear of the law. We were not under the law. We're not under bondage and condemnation. Now listen to me. Some of you struggle with what I'm about to say. need to watch my time here because I can't say. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yeshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's no condemnation. There's no guilty verdict. There's no punishment. That's what condemnation means. It's a judicial act of punishment for those who belong to the Lord, those who are Messiah, Yeshua's, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. You may be struggling. You may have an area of your life that you've not overcome yet, but if you've made him Lord of your life, you're not under the condemnation You're not under the curse of sin and death. We're free to live in the Spirit by choice. We're free to walk in the Spirit by choice. We're free to overcome the flesh by choice. Because we're not under the sentence of the law. But we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live for the Lord. You cannot live for God through the law. If you fail in one aspect of the law, you fail in all of it and are guilty. It was a it was a framework. It was a model to let us know what he desired from us. It still is. But we've been set free of the law, the curse of sin and death. Meaning those who are not set free those who have not had the blood applied to their book will be judged by the law. There's no condemnation if you belong to him. No fear that you're going to stand before him and be condemned for your sins and lose out on an eternity with him. The Nelson Study Bible says the law could pronounce judgment on sin But the law couldn't do anything about sin itself. It has no power to put sin to death in a person's life. God, your heavenly Father, accomplished what the law could not do by sending his own Son. Yeshua, Jesus, came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Jesus, as God, took on our human nature, a nature susceptible to, to temptation, and although he was tempted, he never gave in, and he never sinned. That's why when people try to give you a different Jesus, oh, he had sex, he had children, he was with Mary Magdalene. If he did any of those things, he wasn't the unblemished lamb. And we're still in our sins. 
And when somebody tells you that stuff, walk away. Tell them that's not my Yeshua. That's not my Lord. I don't know who you're talking about, but that's a lie. That's a lie, an outright lie from the tongue of Satan himself. So how, would, how do we win this war against the flesh? How do we overcome the flesh? We do it by walking according to the Holy Spirit. We do by setting aside time each day. Maybe you need to read Galatians 5 and read the fruit of the flesh and bind them, forbid them in your life. Then loose and permit the fruit of the Spirit. Tell yourself what to do. Fight against that programming we're all fighting that's been passed down to us through our parents, through our ancestry, through our experiences. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That Greek word rendered set their minds includes a person's will, their thoughts, and their emotions. It also includes assumptions, values, desires, and purposes. Setting the mind on the things of the flesh or on the things of the spirit means being oriented to or governed by those things upon which we focus. Whatever your eyes are on, that's what you desire. That's where you're going to go. That carnal mind, it's hatred against God. It's not fearful of the, of the law. It's not affected by the law. We see that in the Old Testament. We see the Pharisees and the Sadducees who claim to live by the law breaking it easily. But that's not us. That's not you and me. We're born again. We've been cleansed from our sins. Yeah, we're still fighting this flesh suit and the, and the nature in it. But we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Focus on that. Get your life in order with him. Start asking yourself, why do I do this? Why? You know, whether it's SRT and, and dealing with uh, the demonic or dealing deliverances or whatever it is, I go through the who, what, where, why, when, and how. I go through those things. You have to answer those, excuse me, those things. Because within those answers is the revelation that you need. Hey, perfect time for hiccups. Ah, thank you. So you can either live according to the flesh or according to the spirit. You could choose to live in the torment that the enemy is going to put you through. Because if there's any fun in your sin, you're not born again. Let me, let me just state that. I have counseled and ministered to people that are still struggling with the part of their life, but they're tormented by it. If you're not, you don't belong to him. You don't know him. And the love of the Father is not in your heart. We need to be renewed. And don't think that, oh, I'm being tested. That's why the Lord is doing this to me. Let's stop right there. James chapter 1, starting verse 13. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. 
For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Those people in Romans 1, they've chosen to do that. So he just lets them go. If that's what they want, that's what they can have. So that when they stand before him, it'll be by their own choice, under their own decisions. But this fleshly carnal mind, there's nothing good in it. It results in death. And that carnal mind is enmity. It's an enemy of God. That's what you're seeing in the world right now. That's what you're seeing on social media. That's what you're seeing in entertainment and media. That's what you're seeing in politics. Hey, it's okay for a woman to kill a baby. It's okay for that baby to be chopped up into little pieces and those body parts sold for science. No, it's not okay. Not in any way, shape, or form. That's an affront in the eyes of God. It's demonic in nature. Being in the flesh means we are unregenerate or sinful. Now, if you occasionally take a walk in the wild side, the sinful side, you fall off the path, it happens. It happens to the best of them. You can come back. You can be redeemed. You can be cleansed. But people that are living an unregenerate life need to be born again. You must be born again. That's the message. Because as believers in Yeshua, we're not bound to the flesh. We don't live under a sinful condition. We don't live under our old nature. We've been empowered to live in a way that pleases God. That spirit which raised Yeshua from the dead. By the way, it's the redemptive creative power of the universe. It's a quantum level power. That allows you to overcome the things we're talking about. That allows you to say no. That allows you to push back on the world. The next week when we talk about the enemy overcoming the devil. That power which spoke them into existence, which is inside of you, allows you to stand in victory. So the solution to the problem of the flesh is the Holy Spirit, which gives life to your mortal bodies. It quickens your mortal body. It makes you alive. You're a new creation. I'm going to end with 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 and 18. For anyone who's in Messiah, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus the Messiah and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You're a new creation. You're not mindful of the flesh, but of the spirit. The spirit dwells in you, and that allows you to go out and bring people home to the Father. You're dead to sin, and the spirit rules your life. Father, we come to you now. Holy Spirit, I said, have your way. I'm praying right now that you would do that with your children, that you would take 
that power which you used to take that broken, battered body of Yeshua and transformed it into a resurrected body, which you'll do with us one day. Begin to change us from the inside out. Give us the ability to stand against the world. Give us the ability to overcome those areas of our flesh which we have not subjected right now by choice. If you're one of those people, simply say, Holy Spirit, come get it. I don't want it. I give it up to you. I let go. And I pray and agree with you right now that anything all the way back through four generations that is still hooked to you, attached to you, on you, must go in Yeshua's name must flee and go to the dry, uninhabited places of the earth and that you are free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray that you'd walk in this freedom, that you've overcome the things of this world and the God of this world and everything he represents so that you can live the life that he wants you to live, so that you can be victorious and when having done all to stand, so that next week when we talk about overcoming the enemy, overcoming the devil, you're doing it in the confidence that he, that he has nothing in you. There's nothing in you that he has control over. If there is right now, call it out. Speak it out. Name a part of your life in which he still has control, let the Spirit take it away. Put it under the blood. Be set free. Live the victorious life because you're needed. You're needed in the world. You're needed in the church, the body, not the building. You're needed in your family. You're needed in the kingdom. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.